Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Well, good morning, Celebrate. It is great to be together as we continue our series on Rethink. And for those who are watching online, so glad you're with us. Obviously, super grateful for Pastor Keith and his vision for this series, but also incredibly humbled he's allowing me to open God's Word with you. So if you have your Bibles, open up to John 14, John 14. At the end of our service, we're going to have communion together. And so we want to make sure we're prepared for that. So if you did not get a communion element as you came in, the ushers are just going to quickly walk by the aisles. Just raise your hand and we want to make sure you have that. And for those of you who are watching online, I encourage you to maybe just get some elements, some simple elements that you can join us as we have communion together. So as they come forward, just go ahead and raise your hand. If you need some, they'll make sure you get it as well. Thank you. We are in a world that is obsessed with a word. You see the word everywhere. You read about it in blogs and in articles and books. You listen to it on audios or podcasts. You learn about it all over the place in conferences or seminars. We love this word. We, we long for this word. The word? Leadership. Leadership. In fact, as we look at people who have great followings of maybe people on Facebook or through social media or those kinds of people that they have great people following them. We look at them and go, man, they must be great leaders. And then we come to Jesus, who more than any other person in the history of mankind has changed more lives and changed the course of history than any other person. What was his secret of leadership? What was his secret of leadership? Now, some people might say, well, he was God. That was his secret. Well, yeah, you can say that, but when he was born and came to earth as fully man, the Bible is very clear that he gave up his rights as God. He relinquished all of those and lived here on earth just like you and I in human form. And yet, we read that in humanity, just like you and I, we see that he Man, he caused the blind to see and the, the deaf to talk and the lame to walk and the dead to rise and cast out demons. Like, whoa, what's that about? What was the secret of his leadership? And here's his secret. He didn't lead. That's his secret of leadership. He didn't lead. Nowhere in the Bible do you see Jesus saying, I've come to make you leaders. Nowhere did he say, come, lead with me. Never said it. And yet, 2,000 plus years later, we gather, along with billions of people around the world, to honor him. What was his secret? His secret of leadership is that he didn't lead. Instead, he was led. See, Jesus was a born son of a carpenter. You've heard this story. But for most of his life up until age 30, he lived in obscurity. Except for his birth and one other time in the temple as a boy, we know nothing about his life up to age 30. Nothing at all. In fact, I'll tell you, there's not one person when Jesus was a teenager that went, hey, 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 look at that boy. He could be the son of God. He could be. Never once. In fact, they even said it later. They said, what good thing could even come out of Nazareth? In fact, back in his hometown when he first preached, they said, who is this guy? He's the he's son of a carpenter. 
He lived in obscurity. And yet in three years, from age 30 to 33, when he was crucified, he transformed the world forever. What was his secret of leadership? He didn't lead. Instead, he was led by the Holy Spirit. And we see it happen in a moment. Here's where we see it. In Luke 3, we'll come to John here in a minute, but in Luke 3, here's what it says. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. And immediately after that, I mean immediately after that, it says this, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was what? Led. And was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, obviously for his temptations. But then right after that, we read this in Luke 4, then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. He didn't have that before. He's led, now he's filled with the Holy Spirit's power, and reports about him spread quickly throughout the whole region, from no one knowing him to everyone knowing about him in that much. What was the secret of leadership? He didn't lead. He was led by the Holy Spirit. Where did he get his charisma? The fact that thousands would follow him, the power that would cause, just on a moment's, just a glance, demons to run. He was led. The Holy Spirit is mentioned 134 times in the New Testament. You have the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and then you have the Holy Spirit. And most people don't understand the role of the Holy Spirit. He is everything to us. You see the Holy Spirit leading Jesus. You see the Holy Spirit leading Barnabas, Saul, the disciples. Here's the question I want to ask us today. Who's leading you? Really? See, everyone is being led by someone or something. And you might say, well, read, I, I believe in Jesus. Um, good. Can I say this? It's irrelevant. Why? Because Jesus himself said even the demons believe. Belief means nothing. In fact, look what it says in Romans 8. For those who are, what? Led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Think about this. You want to know if you're a child of God, are you led by the Holy Spirit? That is the connection point to it. In fact, I think this message is, is so important for us today that the enemy will do everything he can so you don't hear it. Let me give you an example of that. We came here this morning at 8 o'clock this morning. On Sundays, we do make sure preparations are in. No power at all. High V, no power. About 2,000 homes in this area, no power. So, okay, what do we do? So we start talking right away, started saying, okay, here's some options, here we go. But we said, wait, before we do anything, it's about quarter after eight, now 20 after eight, we said, we need to pray. Because it's no coincidence on the day we're going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, there's no coincidence that Satan's trying to take our power out to keep you from hearing about it. And so we gathered and said, okay, we're going to pray. And we started praying to God, but we also started talking to Satan and saying, Satan, you can do whatever you want, 
You can't touch this building. If you want to take the power out all around, fine. You cannot touch this building. You can't. It's commanded. And in the name of Jesus, we prayed that and said, amen. Five seconds later, power came on in this building. That's the power that we're going to talk about this morning. So as you look at John chapter 14, we'll look at John 14, 15, and 16. These are the last words of Jesus. Last words carry weight. Whatever last words are, you better pay attention to last words. Last words aren't always funny. They're not humorous, but they're really straightforward and they're life-giving. And Jesus is going to teach five things that the Holy Spirit will do for you if you let him lead you. If you let him lead you. So here we go. Say one. Here's the first one. He will live with you and will be in you. He will live with you and be in you. In fact, turn to the person on both sides of you right now and say, he's in you. Here's how John 14, Jesus said it. Verse 16, John 14, verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be where? In you. Absolutely. A few weeks ago, I told you that I I love the Star Wars movies. I do. I just, I love Star Wars movies. And one of the reasons I love Star Wars movies is because they got just some great lines, just great lines in them. My favorite line is by Yoda. There is no try, just do. (laughs) And that's kind of a cross between Yoda and Grover, if I have to say it, but let's be honest with you. But my second favorite line comes in the movie Rogue One. And have you seen Rogue One? Okay, for those of you who haven't, in chronological order, it'd be the one that would take place just before the original first Star Wars, okay? And in there, the plot is seen that the Death Star has been found, okay? The Imperial Army is creating this Death Star, and this rebel force realizes that they can't defeat it, but they find that the inventor of the Death Star, who is, has an alliance, a, he is a friend of the, of the rebel force, has created a weakness in it. And if they can capture the plans to the Death Star, they then can attack the weakness and destroy it. And so the whole plot is getting those plans and getting them transported out so they can do that. But we're introduced to a character. His name is Churit. He's Asian, he's a martial arts artist, and also he's blind. But he has a phrase that he says over and over and over and over in the movie. Anybody know what it is? I am one with the force and the force is with me. I am one with the force and the force is with me. I am one with the force and the force is with me. I am one with the force and the force is with me. Jesus is telling his disciples and telling us that when the Holy Spirit leads you, he's not just with you, he's where? In you. And our mantra is, I am one with the Spirit and the Spirit is in me. I am one with the Spirit and the Spirit is in me. I am one with the Spirit and the Spirit is in me. Say it with me. I am one with the Spirit and the Spirit is in me. I am one with the Spirit and the Spirit is in me. Here's how it says in 1 Corinthians 6.19. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? 
You do not belong to yourself. That's why he says all the time, why would you put something that's negative in your body or do something immoral with your body? Your body's not yours. It's a temple. Why? Because I'm one of the spirit and the spirit is in me. I'm one of the spirit and the spirit is in me. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. The same spirit that caused heaven and earth, the same spirit that raised and caused demons to flee, it's in you. It is in you. That's why, friends, worship is not a song we sing. It's not something we do before the message. Worship is who you and I are. In fact, I don't know if you caught the lyrics of the song that Chris just sang. This is my worship. This is my offering. In every moment, I withhold nothing. I'm leaning. I'm learning to trust you even when I can't see it. And even in suffering, I have to believe it. Who's leading you really? Say two. Here's the second thing Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will do if, if you let him lead you. And it's this. He will teach you everything. Say that with me. He will teach you everything. Here's what it says in John 14. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you how much? Everything. Everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. One of my great phrases that I I love, someone told me once, he says, Reed, if someone has something you don't have, it's because they know something you don't know. Let me say it again. If someone has something you don't have, it's because they know something you don't know. So if someone has finances that you don't have, it's not because they are lucky, it's they know something you don't know. If someone has a better marriage than you, it's not because they have a better spouse. They know something about marriage that you don't know. What is it that you don't know? It says the Holy Spirit will teach you how much? Does that include business? Does that include parenting? It includes every area of life. The Holy Spirit wants to teach you everything, everything. A lot of times people come and they they want to talk about their problem, whatever their problem is. Here's the reality. None of us have the problem we think we have. We have a different problem. Example. Some people think that they have a financial problem. If you're here this morning and you think that you have a financial problem, I'm here to tell you, you don't have a financial problem. You have a wisdom problem about finances. If you come here and you think you have a marriage problem, you don't have a marriage problem. You have a wisdom problem about marriage. Whatever area it is, the enemy wants to keep you in ignorance, but it says the Holy Spirit wants to teach you everything, everything about life. He wants you to succeed. Our problem is that we want to decide and then have the Holy Spirit follow us. Here's God, what I've decided to do. Would you bless me? God, we're, I know that probably shouldn't, but we're going to live together because we're going to get married and this is really just makes sense economically. For us, it just makes sense to do that. Would you bless us? Who's leading, really? 1 John 2, 27 says this. But you have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you. There, it's repeated again. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know, and what he teaches is true. It's not a lie. Can we agree there's a lot of lies going on in our world right now? A lot of lies. It says it's not a lie. So just as he taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. You know what I see leading a lot of people? Approval. 
the need to be approved, the need to be validated. To be honest, this was probably one of my hardest ones. I was so insecure in so many areas and I needed a people's acceptance, approval, and I was being led by that instead of being led by the Holy Spirit. Kenny Luck says it this way, the Holy Spirit changes the way we think about ourselves to create a secure and accepted person who seeks to please God versus an insecure person that battles for the acceptance of others, who seeks the approval of others and loses their identity in the process. The Holy Spirit says over and over again, your dad loves you. I am one with the Spirit, and the Spirit is in me. I am one with the Spirit, and the Spirit is in me. I am one with the Spirit, and the Spirit is in me. Say three. Here's the third thing Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will do if, if you let him lead you. Here it is. He will testify all about Jesus. Say that with me. He will testify all about Jesus. Here's John 15, verse 26. But I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. I don't know if any of you were in Boy Scouts growing up, but if you ever were in, maybe you're a Girl Scout and you took a wilderness experience, a wilderness experience, they always made sure you had something a few years back that in case you got lost, you could use it to find which way to go. What was it? A compass. Absolutely. And with a compass, you could find out the direction. Now, we don't need that because we have it on our phones now, okay? We have the compass there. But, you know, it's interesting. If I, if I did this, <clears throat> if I said... I would have you stand up, I won't, but if I said I'm going to have you stand up, close your eyes, and then for 30 seconds while music goes, I'm just going to have you turn, spin in circles. Just spin in circles where you're at, and then freeze. Freeze, but keep your eyes shut, and then with your eyes closed, say, point north. Do you know how many different directions I would get? I mean, all of you would be pointing a different direction, but here's the reality. According to the compass, there is only one true north. There. That's it. There's only one true north. 4,300. That's a big number. 4,300. That's how many organized religions are in the world today. That doesn't include the ones that aren't organized. That's 4,100 organized religions that all have a way. The only reality is this. Every road leads somewhere, but there's only one road that leads to heaven, and that's Jesus. Here's how he said it in John 14, 6. This is Jesus talking. I am the way, the truth, and what? The life. No one, say no one, can come to the Father except through me. In a world that's gone south, there's only one true north. It's him and him alone. See, the Holy Spirit always points to Jesus. The Holy Spirit will never contradict Jesus, and the Holy Spirit will never con contradict the Bible, ever. You can tell me all you want and, and what you think and everything else. It doesn't matter. There is only one true north. In fact, the Holy Spirit will guide your mind, if you allow it to, so that it really only comes down to one question you ever have to ask. Jesus said there's only one really great commandment, love God and love others. There's only one decision that you and I ever have to ask, a question we have to ask on any decision, any decision, and here's the question, simply is this, is what I'm going to do will give glory to Jesus and let others get to meet Jesus. That's it. 
what I'm going to say, will this help glorify Jesus and let others meet Jesus? What I'm going to post on this social media comment, will this help people meet Jesus? Will this glorify Jesus? What I'm going to take in with my body and do with my body, will this glorify Jesus? Will it help others meet Jesus? It's the only question we have to ask ourselves if we're led by the Holy Spirit. So let me ask you, who's leading you really? Can I tell you what I see a lot of people being led by? Their children. I see it a lot. Because we have to have our kid in this event, in this activity, in this league, in this team, and everything else. And I know that I, I don't like it that they play on Sunday mornings, and I don't like it that it takes away from our time in worship. But man, I, it's important because, you know, this. And I see that kids are being involved in all kinds of stuff all over the place, and they're leading the parents. Instead of the parents being led by the Holy Spirit, and in doing so, then can lead the children. I see it all the time. Who's leading us, really? Say four. Here's the fourth thing that Jesus said the Holy Spirit will do. He will convict the world of sin, God's righteousness, and the coming judgment. That's a word we don't like, judgment. We don't like to use that word. It's there, though. In fact, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will convict you and I of anything that keeps us from being led by the Holy Spirit, including if it's our children. He'll convict us of it. Here's how he said it. In John 16, look at verse 7. But in fact, it's best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, won't come. But if I do go away, then I will send him to you, and when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Jesus talked very clearly, very clearly, you can just read it in the Gospels, that there are two end destinations for every one of us. Two end destinations, heaven and hell. He spoke very clearly about both, both very specifically, one or the other. A couple months ago, I was sitting with a couple, and the gentleman had had grown a little bit in church, but really had not ever been around the gospel, been around the church very much. But we talked, we were talking at genome, and I said, let me ask you a question. I said, can we agree that historically it's proven that Jesus was born? Can we, can we agree on that? He said, absolutely. He said, we can agree on that. Every history proves it. I said, can we agree historically that Jesus was crucified? Can we agree on that? He said, yeah. I said, can we also agree, historically, it's proven that he rose from the dead. Over 500 witnesses, and many people accounted for it. Can we agree on historically on that? He said, absolutely. I said, then can we also agree that what Jesus said carries weight? I said, Jesus talked very clearly that there's going to be one of two end destinations for all of us, heaven or hell. I said, has anyone ever told you what Jesus teaches about what hell is like? He said, No. I said, would you like to know? I said, yeah. I said, okay, very simply then, I'm going to help you understand. Jesus talks about hell very clearly, that hell is a place of unending torment, unending, never-ceasing pain of every aspect of torture, of total isolation, darkness, 
agony and it will never end ever. I said, can I ask you a question? Can we agree that that's a place you don't want to go? He said, I don't want to go there. I said, you are. Every one of us is. Unless we have Jesus Christ come be Lord of our life and we're led by the Spirit. Jesus was very clear about that. In fact, Romans 6, 23 says this, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through who? Jesus Christ, our Lord. In fact, Peter in Acts 2 said this, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let me ask a question again. Who's leading you really? Can I tell you what I see? A lot of people lean, being led by stuff. Man, we got a lot of stuff. You know something you can't get right now? Storage unit. You can't. There's a waiting list. There's storage unit. Any storage unit that I know that's being built, some are being built right now, I know the builder, they're already spoken for. And they can't build them fast enough. Man, we got a lot of stuff. And because we have stuff, we have to use our stuff. And we have to enjoy our stuff because we got all this stuff. Even though it means, well, I can't maybe be here or do what I'd like to do, but I have all this stuff. And man, I see a lot of people being led by stuff. But they're not led by the Holy Spirit. I'm one with the Spirit, and the Spirit is in me. I'm one with the Spirit, and the Spirit is in me. I'm one with the Spirit, and the Spirit is in me. Say five. Here's the fifth thing Jesus said the Holy Spirit will do if you let him lead you. He will guide you into all truth. Say that with me. He will guide you into all truth. Here's John 16, verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. If I asked you, how many inches are in a foot? Okay, so you say there are 12 inches in a foot. Okay, great. I just don't feel it. It just doesn't seem to be right to me. The more I look at it, I, it just doesn't seem right. The more I look at it, the more I think about it, I really think 14 inches really fits a lot better. In fact, I feel this really strongly. In fact, I'm passionate about this. 14 inches, that really, I think, is the foot. I really believe that. Now, let me ask you, if I think a foot is 14 inches and you think a foot is 12 inches and we're building something together, what's going to happen? Can we agree that it'll be chaos? Can we agree? What word describes our world right now? Chaos. See, because truth has become whatever we want it to be, whatever we think it should be. People sometimes ask me, well, Reed, what do you think? It doesn't matter what I think. What does God's word say? That's the only thing that matters. Man, I see a lot of people that are led right now by their emotions and their passions. They're led by it. A couple weekends ago, Cindy and I were at a conference, and during a break with some others, we went and took a pontoon ride. It was by a lake. 
And the place we rented the pontoon from had the person drive it for us. And she was a college girl, just a super sweet college girl. And so I'm talking to her, just getting to know her, and I said, so is there a significant other in your life? She said, well, I have a boyfriend, and we're living together, but that probably is going to end pretty quick. I said, why? She said, I'm just not feeling it anymore. And that's become our world today. If it's, if it's, I'm passionate about it, it must be true. And if I'm not passionate about it anymore, then it must be not true anymore. The worst thing that you and I can say is, I feel like this is the right thing. And yet I hear people do it all the time. Passions change, truth doesn't. There's only one truth. First Timothy 4.1 says it this way. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings, catch that last part, that comes where? From demons. Hmm. I don't know if you caught the lyrics on the song that Chris just said, saying, it says, if you say it's wrong, I'll say no. If you say release, I'm letting go. If you're in it with me, I'll begin. And when you say to jump, I'm diving in. If you say, be still, then I will wait. If you say to trust, I will obey. I don't want to follow my own ways. I'm done chasing feelings. Spirit, lead me. Who's leading you, really? Is the Holy Spirit leading you, or have you been letting your own feelings and emotions lead you? One of the things I see people being led by right now, social media, news, circumstances. Do any of the rest of you see that? I see that all over the place. It's being what they're being led by. No. Jesus outlines five things that the Holy Spirit will do if you let him lead you. Let me finish a couple thoughts on what will happen if you let the Holy Spirit lead you. Some of the things that Jesus says you will experience. Here's the first one. Peace of mind and heart. You will have peace of mind and heart. Here's how he says in John 14, 27. I'm leaving you with a gift of peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Man, is there enough fear in the world today? Fear sells. You can't turn on any newscast and not see it pretty quickly because fear sells. And we're consumed with fear. Name the topic. We're consumed by it. The Holy Spirit says, no, no, no. If you're led by the Holy Spirit, then a result of that, you'll have peace of mind and heart. If you are constantly struggling with being anxious, being afraid, being worried, it says you're not being led by the Holy Spirit. Here's what Romans 15 says. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely. I love that word. Fill you completely, no gaps missing, with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. In the movie Rogue One, I'm sorry, I'll go ahead and give away some of the ending, but the rebels have now captured this plans for the Death Star, but they have to get them off the island. Problem, they can't because their ships are disabled. They want to try to download it to their ships above, but they can't because there's a shield. So they have to get to a spot where they can come to this point and pull the lever that brings a shield down so they can download it. The problem is this. 
The enemy is firing all over the place. And anybody who even steps out, dead instantly. And bullets are flying. All this is flying. Explosions happening. And all of a sudden you see Chirrut. He's, he's sitting back a little bit. And he grabs his kind of rod and he puts it in front of me. He starts talking. He says, I'm one with the force and the force is with me. I'm one with the force and the force is with me. And he just starts walking. He just starts walking and everything is exploding around him. And he just says, I'm one with the force, the force is with me. I'm one with the force, the force is with me. And people are yelling, don't go, don't go. And he says, I'm one with the force, the force is with me. I'm one with the force, the force is with me. And he comes to the spot, finds it, pulls the lever. They can download it and we go on. If you're a believer in Jesus, but not just a believer, you've given Jesus your life and you're being led by the Holy Spirit, here's the reality. All hell will break loose in your life. How many of you already understood that one? Yeah. You know, we, we think that when you accept Christ, everything's great. Acne clears up, you get hair in your chest if you're a guy. I mean, all this kind of thing. No. It will constantly go. And you will have problem after problem after problem because it's life. But what will happen when you're led by the Holy Spirit, even though it's all around you and hell's breaking loose, you'll go, I'm one with the Spirit and the Spirit is in me. I'm one with the Spirit and the Spirit is in me. I'm one with the Spirit and the Spirit is in me. And people will look at you and say, how in the world are you able to, doesn't matter, how, how do you have joy over what's going on in your life right now? And your answer is, because I'm one with the Spirit and the Spirit is in me. I'm one with the Spirit and the Spirit is in me. How can you not overcome with grief? You just lost your family member. You just lost this. How can you not be overcome with grief? Your answer is, because I'm one with the Spirit and the Spirit is in me. I'm one with the Spirit and the Spirit is in me. Two peer people that are friends of mine in the past two weeks found out that they have less than three months to live. Had no idea. No idea. Either of them. And got the word that there's nothing we can do for you. Three months. I've talked with both of them. And you know what? They have peace of mind and heart. They know what's going on. They're one with the Spirit. The Spirit is in them. They're one with the Spirit, and the Spirit is with them. Francis Chan says it this way. I don't want my life to be explainable without the Holy Spirit. I want people to look at my life and know that I couldn't be doing this by my own power. I want to live in such a way that I'm desperate for him to come through. I love that. I absolutely love that. Here's the second thing, though, that you will experience if you're led by this Holy Spirit. Jesus says, you'll produce fruit. What will you produce? Fruit. Here's how he said it. In John 15, 5, yes, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit from apart me. You can do how much? Then he said in verse 8, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. There is the fruit of the Spirit and there are the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit we don't all have. All of us are unique. We all are gifted differently. But the fruit of the Spirit we are to all have if we're being led by the Spirit. Here's what Galatians says the fruit is. If you want to test yourself, it says this, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Do you have these? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's the fruit of being led by the Holy Spirit. If you're led by the Holy Spirit, the fruit will happen. It will happen. I'm one with the Spirit and the Spirit is in me. I'm one with the Spirit and the Spirit is in me. Here's the last thing that I'll just mention that you will have if you're led by the Holy Spirit. You will overcome trials and sorrows. 
Now, do you notice that that's plural, not singular? You will have trials and sorrows. In fact, John 16, Jesus said this in verse 33, I've told you all this so that you can have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. If you've never had the chance to go to the Indy 500, and I'll ask the band to come on up. If you've never had the chance to go to the Indianapolis 500, I think it's a great race. I've been there a number of times. I love the race. What's intriguing to me is that when you see those cars literally go, especially on the first laps, but go from 60 miles an hour to about 220 to 230 on a straightaway, it's amazing. But one of the things that's amazing to me when I go there is you see the cars, and when they are straight down the straightaway, they are pedal to the metal. I mean, they are put it down, and they are screaming down the straightways. It's about a mile long, but then you see a car pass another car. And my thought is this, how can they do that if both drivers have it down full pedal? Because the engines are basically all the same. How can that be the case? There's a button. There's a button on every Indy car. You might know about it, you might not. It's called push to pass. That's the name of the button. And it's right on the steering wheel. And when you push the button, it gives you extra. It gives you an extra, a turbocharged boost gives you an extra 40 horsepower or 10 miles per hour. And what happens, it allows you, when you push it, it allows you to pass the vehicle in front of you. Now, you only have a certain amount of that you can use in a race, so you have to be real careful because if you use it all at the beginning, <laughs> you'll be caught at the end. Make sense? So you only use a little bit. But it's a, they have another word for it. It's called overtake. I love that word. The overtake button. Because when you push it, you're going to overtake the person that you're trying to pass. When you and I are led by the Holy Spirit, there's no limit on the amount of overtake. Whatever you're going through, push the button and hold it down. And you will experience things you never thought you could because it'll take your natural and he'll put his super on your natural and you will see things happen in your life. It's called overtaking. That's what he says, that I have come to you. You can overtake the world. It's interesting, in Acts 10, 38, he says this, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with what? Power. Holy Spirit, power are always together. When you are led by the Holy Spirit, friends, you will experience power. Power that is unlimited, that has no boundaries in any way, shape, or form. Jesus said this in John 14. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done. Think about this. All the healings he did, everything Jesus did, they'll do the same works I've done and even greater things because I am going to be with the Father. I'm one with the Spirit and the Spirit is in me. I'm one with the Spirit and the Spirit is in me. I'm one with the Spirit and the Spirit is in me. I'm one with the Spirit and the Spirit is in me. How did Jesus do what he did? How did thousands then, millions later, billions now follow him? What was his leadership secret? <laughs> he didn't lead. He was led. Do you want to see miracles in your life? Don't lead. Be led. Do you want to see your marriage go to a level you never dreamt of before? Don't lead. Be led. 
You want to help your children understand who God is and have them walk in his ways? Don't lead. Be led. The secret that Jesus had was he was led and the same is available to you and I. So let me ask you again. Who's leading you really? Can I tell you this? Your children know who's leading you really. Your spouse knows who's leading you really. The people at your work know who's leading you really. God knows who's leading you really. Are you led by the Holy Spirit really? We have to respond to the word. We can't let it just sit there. We have to respond to it. I think there's two responses. One is, you maybe have never made a decision for Jesus Christ ever in your life. I mean, it's been a name out there and you've heard, but you've never personally accepted Jesus Christ to take your life over and be Lord and Savior of your life. That would be your next. But maybe for some of you, and I think there's, those are here today. You believe in Jesus, but if you're really honest, you're not led by the Holy Spirit. You are leading your schedule, you're leading your finances, you're leading your life, but you're not being led. The Bible says, if you're not being led, you're not a child of God. And for you, the next is, okay, I surrender it. I want him to lead. I'm not going to lead anymore. I want to be led. It was interesting, the NBA finals just ended doesn't matter who you root for. I thought it was interesting. The last game was played and they showed the scene inside the arena, but then they showed the scene outside the arena. And the home team was playing and obviously their fans were in, about 20,000, but there were 65,000 fans on the outside with big jumbotrons showing it. And whenever their home team did something good, they all did the same thing, 65,000. That's what they did. See of 65,000 people with their arms raised saying, that's our team. We follow that team. That's who we follow. That's our team. We follow them. See, when you raise your hands, it's a symbol of saying, that's who I follow. So when the band is leading worship and you see someone raise their hand or their hands, all they're saying is, that's who I'm following. That's who I'm following. Here's a response I'm going to invite you to. I'm going to pray for us here in just a minute. I'm going to ask no one to leave because we're going to move then into a time of communion. But if you say today, I want Jesus to take my life over, or I want the Holy Spirit to lead me, really, then after prayer, they're going to play part of the song, then your declaration is real simple. That's your response. It's yours, God. I want to be led by you, if that's your response. Holy Spirit, thank you that you've promised that you would come and you would teach us and you would be with us, you would walk with us. You'd convict us of things that when we're off our way, God, that that through your Holy Spirit, you would never leave us. You would be in us. We could overcome. But it's all predicated that we have to be led by you. God, would you forgive me for the times that I've tried to lead? So much of my life I've tried to lead. 
I'm sorry. God, my life is yours. You lead me. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless. God bless.